Hello, welcome to Sheffield Board Gamers podcast. This is the podcast for the Board Games Club based in Sheffield. Uh, this is episode 27 and I'm joined today by Tom Cauldron. Hello, Tom. Hello, Rick. And uh, I'm also joined by Tom Lovewell, the Mr. Angry of Board Gaming. How are you, Tom? <laughs> Have you calmed down from I'm last time fine, yet? Thank you, Rick. Um, I'll try not to be controversial. <laughs> this I week. think Games Workshop makes us all feel like that a little bit sometimes. <laughs> I, I like their yeah. models, but yeah, sometimes I get angry. Uh, yeah, so this is a podcast about board games. We're going to chat about some of the games we've uh, been playing recently. We're going to have a, a discussion about Christmas games. It's that time of year. We're recording this in mid December, early December. So hopefully by the time it's out, it'll just be before Christmas and we're going to talk about family games, uh, party games, games that you can play with your family at Christmas. Uh, but before that, just want to have a chat about uh, the uh, exit advent calendar that I've been going through. So the advent calendar was, uh, I, think, I, th- I think it was like a year or two years ago there was one. Uh, obviously the exit games are the escape room games that you play once uh, and, and you sort of go through the puzzle and answer riddles and things like that. Uh, but this is the advent calendar of it. So you get like a big box and it's got windows in it and behind the windows, are, uh, behind each window for each day, there's a, a little riddle or a little puzzle that you have to solve. Uh, very similar in, th- in, in vain to the uh, exit uh, games. So there's a bit of a story behind it. It's like a, a pad that comes with it as well, like a, uh, a pad of... Um, rules and a bit of storytelling and things like that so uh, yeah i've been enjoying, enjoying playing through that it's um it's something to do each day um a, a new puzzle and a new uh, thing to look at um doesn't seem too difficult at the moment it seems pretty straightforward but uh obviously played a lot of these exit type games so i'm pretty familiar with kind of you know how it's where, where to look for the answers and things like that <laughs> but yeah it's good enjoying that so far uh, i think it's been quite hard to get hold of I've yeah seen, um I mean, I left it a bit late, but I think uh, they'd sold out at Patriot Games by the time I had a look. So yeah, I got mine yeah. from Treehouse. They'd got a couple in stock. Yeah. Uh, and they they sold out pretty quick, yeah. But where, where did you say, sorry, where did you get? I had a look at Patriot Games. but Oh, uh, Patriot Games, yeah. yeah. So did you manage to get one then, or have you not picked one up? No, I, I just... Uh, I left it to a last-minute decision, uh, and yeah. by then it was... It wasn't any there, so... Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it so far. There's been some quite quite good puzzles i've just got a lego advent calendar a lego one <laughs> oh, that's pretty good too a lego one yeah yes. so it's like little pieces behind each day then L- li- li- little bits of pieces not too difficult thankfully <laughs> um and, and yeah something to figure out every day um but um and critically doesn't put as many calories on my backside <laughs> like yeah. having chocolate ones every that's day true. would do uh, and then the other thing, uh, the other thing I just wanted to quickly mention was that the, at the club recently we had a, we we trialled a bring them by day. Um, so basically, people can bring some of the games they don't play anymore, or they want to get rid of, or for whatever reasons. And we had a table set up at the club. Uh, people brought in the games, stuck a price on it with a post-it note, and then they could uh, sell those games for for cold hard cash. Yeah, I thought it was going to be like four or five games. It was, it was, yeah, yeah, it was, I, I did as well. I thought, oh well, twenty five. Yeah, it's it filled the table pretty uh, pretty easily. But there was some uh, yeah, there were some game, good games there. Uh, I picked I picked up a couple myself. But I saw Dungeon Fighter, which is the one where you kind of throw dice and kind of have to get into a target. That's a good one that I played before that somebody was selling. Um, a la carte, which is the um, real time one where you have to kind of make the ingredients up and make your recipes up out of these ingredients. That looks good fun. Mm-hmm. I picked up uh, Taverns of Tiefenthal. 
Oh yeah, I want to play that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll have good. to um, we'll have to arrange Ooh. a time to play that at some point. Yeah, yeah, that looks a good one. I couldn't quite justify getting uh, the big box of uh, Shogun. <laughs> it's, it's a, yeah. yeah, I saw yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I was supposed to be uh, downsizing my collection there, but it didn't yeah. quite work out that way. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think I came away with more than I actually took down. So yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's the downside of it. Yeah. <laughs> what what is this concept? Downsizing. I do not understand. <laughs> I'm not sure. It's just a theory at the moment. I've never actually managed to do it. Yeah. So yeah, it was really popular. So hopefully we'll uh, we'll do one again in uh, in a month's time or so, and um, yeah, organise it for that. So that'll be mm. good. Uh, what you guys have been up to? Anything interesting of note? I turned a little older. A few weeks ago, and so my wife um, treated me and took me to one of the Bristol and um, board game cafes, Chance Encounters. And so I spent a merry oh, four yeah. hours there on my birthday. Hmm. Whereupon she proceeded to trounce me at all four games that we played, including <laughs> Azul, which she had never played before, and I had. So, yeah. Did you mention to her that it was your birthday? <laughs> yeah, I, I was clearly I was helping her learn how to play the game or something. Uh huh. But no, it was, a, it was a really nice um, afternoon. And at one point, we'd ordered the chips, and they came out with a bowl of chips with green stuff on them. We thought, "Ooh, this is a bit weird." Asked what it was, and apparently, they put um, some rosemary on there. They were absolutely stonking gorgeous. So, oh, wow. anyone goes to Bristol, wants to go to a board game cafe. Get the chips from Chance Encounters when you're there playing a game because they're flipping awesome. Sorry if that's a bit of a side element. But see, I'm being happy. Less angry this week. That's board game related. It's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to talk about some of the games later anyway that we play. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, we can go to that. So some of the games we've played. Uh, Do you want to start us off then, Tom? Tell us what you've been playing. Right, well, I'm going to cheat. I'm going to say briefly we played... Hero Realms, which is a nice little deck builder, because we were told we couldn't play Clank because we'd only got a two-player table and it takes up too much space. Consequently, with my um, cash that I got for my birthday, I bought Clank in space and played that last weekend with uh, my son and wife as well, and it's brilliant. So I'm really upset that I didn't have the space to play it at um, the board game cafe, but really glad I bit the bullet and actually bought it because we played it at home and um, it's quite easy to learn how to play. My son, who's eight, has not played a deck builder before. And mm. the concept is you are a space adventurer for Clank in Space or you are a um, dungeoneer type thing for the original Clank, I believe. I've not played the original Clank, but you've got to creep through the spaceship, get a code to get into the bad guy's horde o stuff, steal an artifact from there and then escape um, without taking too much damage um, and trying to grab other bits, um, which adds to your score at the end. It's got a really nice mechanic for, you know, it's a standard deck builder, but where you are in the ship is also part of um, the gameplay and how much noise you make um, has a direct link to how likely you are to taking damage. So, um, you could um, succeed uh, in stealing stuff, but not get out because you die. Or uh, So you've, re- you've got lots of things to balance. Getting the right deck, not doing too much noise, not getting too much damage, getting to the right places. So, so many things going on. And it would sound really complex, but it's 
quite simple in terms of the fact that there's only three things that you really need to worry about on your cards, which are the move, the skill for buying new stuff, and the laser swords for um, either defeating enemies or getting past enemies. And my son picked it up really quickly. Um, and just the the fun of, yeah, we want to play this again. We want to try other things because being a deck builder, naturally, you're not going to play the same game again because of the way the deck mm. is. But it's a modular board. You've got the starting half and the end half, but you've got three rooms. So you've got three boards, which are rooms, but they're double-sided. So the just by changing which rooms go where and which side um, of the board is up will have an effect on the gameplay. So I think it's really nice that you've got so much variation just from the base game before you even think about expansions and stuff. The plan was, let's play a clank whilst we're at um, the board game cafe and um, see whether it's worth buying. Right. And yeah, went and asked and they said, ah, it's really good. Yes, you'll really enjoy it, but you don't have enough space on the table, which I understand having now got it, right. that we wouldn't have had enough space on the table. Yeah. Um, and so the only one that I could um, purchase was Clank in Space. I think I tried looking for places to buy either Clank or Clank in Space, and Clank in Space was, had a bit more availability at the time. So, But I'm, mm. I'm not upset by not having played Clank. Um, I think either would have been good. Yeah, I haven't played the new one, but uh, I've played the original one with the dragon, and I think they are the same game. Like I say, the only difference is that is that board, which is slightly different, the modular board. It sounds like uh, sounds like they've sort of slightly tweaked um, some of the gameplay for this, but I think the main thing for which one you choose out of the two is yeah, you know, which uh, setting sort of appeals you to you more, the sort of fantasy mm. dragon one or the space uh, space and lasers one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there are, it's very much you've got different routes to try and escape um, and different mm. things that you can do. So um, you've got um, a limited amount of resources such as teleport tokens or master keys. So if you've got a master key, you can get through certain routes which have locked doors on. But you can't, um, and there are teleport tokens that enable you to move larger distances only if you've got the teleport key. So some of mm. the things that you can purchase will have a big impact on how you move around um, and also the um, the artifacts that are further away from the exit are generally worth more so the choice mm. of staying around and getting more loot was less of an option because unfortunately um, my son got right to the square before the exit and got nobbled by the baddos. So he, he was so, so close, <laughs> bless him. Not that I'm upset, mm. because he would have had it more points had he not died. So, um, you know, being a really mean dad now, I'm glad he died, because otherwise I would have lost yet again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but it was... But he enjoyed the fact that he knew he'd done well, he got so close, and it, yes, it was one of those yeah. things. But yeah. it's nice to have a game where you've enjoyed it, even if it just falls a hurdle at the end. But I think there was about five points difference between all three of us. Had, of course, my son survived. He didn't, so hey. Is it a similar sort of thing where there's like a line? If you get past that line, you get rescued, but if you're under that line, you're just out of the game completely. It was exactly that You lose points, I think. Yes, it was at that point that he had to Mm. take one 
literally it was his next turn he would have got into mm. the cargo hold and then even if he had lost his last health point at that point he'd have been rescued and he just wasn't there mm. so um but that helps with the tension that's the brilliant thing that i liked about it oh yeah yeah, yeah. you know that you're running it close you know that in a turn you're going to be in a relatively safe area. And then if you do manage to get to the escape pod, you get an extra 20 points and that really helps you out. Mm-hmm. So you, there's that incentive to try and get there and, and that tension involved. And that really seemed to be quite nice that you yeah. know that it's going to get trickier if you leave it for longer. But as you said, there are mm. the potential for more rewards if you do hang on. Is it the same sort of thing where you get a bag and you have to put the noise cubes into the bag and then you draw you them out? You have to put the clank cubes into the bag, yes. Um, yeah, yeah. And so it does sound similar, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, I, th- I think it's very familiar in that side. The rule book was um, quite simple to follow. Admittedly, it's not a big rule book. Hmm. Yes, I would heartily recommend playing it as a deck builder. Um, not to say that Hero Realms, the game that we did play, I'll talk about that at another time, but that was a nice little deck builder as well, but I wanted to sort of infuse so much more about Plank over it. Okay, so uh, what one game that I've played a few over the past month or so since the last one, but one one game that I've played is Seven Wonders Architects. Mm. This is a new Seven Wonders game. Um, it's designed by Antoine Bowser. Plays between two and seven players, and it takes about twenty five minutes, half an hour, something like that. So this is mm-hmm. um, based on the same kind of theme of. The Seven Wonders game, the big one where you kind of have a civilization and you're building it up and you're drafting cards. The only difference is this is kind of a streamlined game. It's a lot simpler, there's fewer options, um, it's a little bit quicker, so it's a bit easier to explain. But on the other hand, it is, you know, a lot simpler. So if you want something a bit more uh, meaty or a bit more advanced, then maybe it might be a bit too simple. But the way it works is each player gets their own special wonder. And this is like made up of sections that you build individually. And you also have a small deck of cards. Each player has their own small deck of cards. And you put that in between you and the other player, like the player to your left. So basically then you have two decks of cards either side of you, one to your left, one to your right. And then there's a central one in the middle of the table, which is face down. And on your turn, you basically draft one of these cards. So the ones to your left and right there face up, you can see what they are. So if you want one of those, you can just take that, put it in front of you, and that's your turn. Uh, or if you don't want any of those, you can take one of the face-down ones from the from the middle of the table. So there are these cards are colour coded. They have resources on them which are used to build your wonder. So there's things like wood, glass, uh, you know, brick, things like that that'll help you build your wonder. That'll give you points. There are blue ones which just give you straight points. Uh, there are red military ones, uh, and there's a war phase similar to Seven Wonders where you compare how many shields you've got. Like compared to your opponents, you get points for that. Uh, there are also green ones as well, and the green ones will get the, the special advancement tokens in the middle of the table, uh, and these will give you a special ability, like uh, you can draw extra cards or they'll give you extra scoring opportunities. And that's pretty much it. Um, so it's um, basically on your turn, you'll pick one of the cards, put it in front of you. That might trigger something like a scoring thing where you'll discard the cards and then it'll go on to the next player. So it's really quick, uh, really quick to play. Uh, it takes about five minutes to explain how to play. It's um, it's uh, it's dead quick, and uh, the icons 
I think if you look at the Seven Wonders icons, you know, on the Seven Wonders cards, there's like the resources you need to build it down the left-hand side. There's the actual ability of what it does in the middle. There's maybe a chain icon at the bottom as well. On these ones, there's basically either one or two icons. So it's like really easy to explain. It does this, or it might do this as well. So the cards themselves are a lot a lot simpler and more stream streamlined. It's quite good because they're good variability in the Wonders. Some of them will give you special abilities. Uh, so there's like a pyramid which is just worth points it doesn't give you a special ability uh, other ones will let you draw extra cards or give you something when you build like a certain piece of it um, the advancement tokens they're quite good but they don't necessarily uh, give you loads of points it's uh, giving you extra options and things like that so there's a few different strategies you can down, go down the military route collect the red cards uh, get get points that way you can go for the green ones you can go for the blue ones get loads of blue ones get loads of points that way um, but it basically ends when uh, somebody's built their wonder completely and they just count out your points and see who wins uh, so it's um, it's a it's a good game I enjoyed it the box and the inserts are really good because each player has has their own little insert their own little uh, tray with a lid on it which keeps everything together so when you're actually setting up the game you just give each person like a box and that's all their stuff in that box so the insert and the actual box itself is fantastic that's really good components are good it's got like nice cards nice artwork on it cardboard pieces for your wonders which you flip over and you can see it kind of being built so it's like on the back side of the wonder pieces it's like a construction kind of image but when you flip it over it's like to its built side you you get the wonder kind of being built built up in front of you uh, so yeah, it's um, it's a really good game. It's uh, it's quick to play. It's it's pretty much a filler, really. Like I say, you can play it in half an hour. Um, if you're waiting for somebody else to turn up, or if you want to play it sort of in between other games, or while well, you're waiting for somebody else to uh, finish their game, it's pretty easy. Like I said, it's probably a bit too simple if you're used to Seven Wonders. If you really like Seven Wonders, it's probably one that you prefer to play the normal game above that. Um, I played it three players and I've played it up to six players and it, it plays mm-hmm. pretty, really quickly either way. So I think even at seven players it'll still be like half an hour, 40 minutes to play. Uh, have you played uh, You played Century, haven't you? The Spice Road one. Yeah. It, it's that kind of speed where you just do like one thing on your turn and then it goes on and then it comes around again to you and then you could do your next thing. It's like that, that kind of speed of game. Kind of enough time to think about what you're going to be doing but not... And so you're not sort of sat there waiting ages for yeah. everyone else to have their go, even with less level. Well, that sounds good. Um, you can combo some of the cards as well. So you can collect, like, these resource cards. Uh, and we saw in one game where somebody was, like, collecting all different ones and then they all triggered in one go. So he kind of picked what he wanted and then that flipped over a, uh, a piece of his wonder and then he could draw another card. That let him draw, build another piece of his wonder and then that let him do something else. Uh, so you can work towards those as well and get like loads of points in one turn. Um, all, all the games have been pretty uh, close as well that have been that we've played. So there's it's not like an advanced, you know, leader problem where you kind of go out in front and then nobody can catch you. It's all it's all been pretty close at the end. Whichever strategy you kind of go for. Yeah, I'd like to have a try at this at some point. Obviously, I like the uh, original Seven Wonders and Seven Wonders Duel is pretty good as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I've enjoyed Seven Wonders. If you like Seven Wonders, yeah, you'll probably like this one because it is very similar. Would you say it would be easier for a younger audience to um, uh, latch onto a little easier? Yes, uh, probably because in the yeah, yeah, in Seven Wonders, you get you have to work out if you can afford the card that you're picking. Uh, you have to have the resources available, or if you don't have the resources, you have to pay for them. 
to the person to your left and right. right. And this one is none of that. You just pick a card. That sounds good. I think I think I might have to sort of try that. Okay, Tom Cauldron. <laughs> what have you been playing? Yes, that's me. Uh, well, I've been. Um, I've had a month where I've not really mm. tried very many new games. To be honest, the only one that I've tried, the new one, uh, was what the Sunday session, which is a game called Tramways, which was a uh, it's a fascinating brain burning game. It's um, as you can imagine, there's a bit of leg track. So there's a whole tradition in one whole side of the board gaming mm. hobby, which is uh, train games where you've got sort of really heavy, uh, complicated games. There's some, you know, lighter train games as well. But this is definitely uh, in that tradition of the um, heavy brain burny network creating, moving things around uh, sort of genre. But it's got um, some nice little elements in that you've got a, you've got a slight deck building element because you've got to get cards into your... Uh, into your hand, and these are the one the, the things that you're using to do any action in in the game. So building track, you'd need a card, uh, cards with enough track symbols on it, and another card for the sort of place you're going to. So it's, they've got various different spaces on the board, which are uh, marked with L for leisure facilities, or C for commercial, or I for industrial, or whatever. Uh, so you've got to play a card. If you're doing some track to the industrial area, you've got to play an eye card as well as all the track things and spend one of your workers. So getting the cards in your hand with the right symbols is a, a small part of the game. But there's also uh, a big part of this every, every turn is the uh, there's a weird <laughs> auction mechanic, which is the meanest auction I've ever come across in a, in a game. Oh, really? <laughs> because you put in some money... And that money is spent. Hmm. And if anyone ever bids more than you, then you, when it comes back round to you, if you want to stay in the auction, you've got to spend some more money. So, and eventually, if you're not, if you're not, when it comes round to you, if you're not the highest bidder at that point, then you either have to pass or pay more money. You could end up spending loads of money and still, and still going, lose. <laughs> going <laughs> uh, getting the worst. Um, position going mm. forth and getting the rubbish cards that came out. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was that was a bit hard to get me my brain around, and on all the cards limited what I could do on the board, and it, it I got, sort of got stuck a little bit. You know, one of those bits where you're sort of an hour and a half into a difficult game, and you're seeing all these options disappear, and you and you can't quite work out how to <laughs> do what you want to do. Mm. And yeah, there was a few few turns in that where I was just going. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean it. It worked out um, quite nicely in the end. There was lots of nice things to do. I mean, there's um, sort of pick up and deliver mechanism. One thing you can do is get money by transferring a, a passenger to a place, and you can go over lots of different networks. And the more uh, the more different stops you go through on the way from their original place through to this industrial place that you wanted to take them to, hmm. the more points you get. And if you go over lots of your track, you get lots of money. But if you can go over other people's track, and they'd get some money. But yes, um, but as soon as that person's gone, they've gone off the board. So you can't do that again. You could have built up a massive, wonderful network to get that one big point uh, haul of that one uh, on that one turn. But then that guy's gone. You can't do that again. You can't just keep on running that same engine. Right. So yeah, uh, I did 
do not too bad in the end. Hmm. Uh, there was four of us playing, and three of us were in like we were, we were in like five points of each other. In the all end. right, and then hmm. the one guy who had played before was like twenty points ahead of all of us. <laughs> you know, that's that's all right. That's understandable with, it, hmm. with those games, I think. But yeah, it was a an interesting one that I'd try, like to try again, hmm. having got to grips a little bit more with the different things I got to do. Is it is it a new game uh, this one, Tom, or is it an older? I'm title? not sure to be honest. Um, I've certainly not seen it before, but I think it might have been out. I've had a look on. Um, is that the 2016 one? Travis? Yeah, I think it had been out for a few years, but it's not one I've seen before. I think it might have been a new edition by a Kickstarter. All the um, the stations on the board had uh, names which I suspect were people who had backed it on Kickstarter. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, Critical question, Tom. Can you make a blue route and a yellow route? Uh, it's individual player colours putting down their own routes. Yes. <laughs> oh, damn yes. it. <laughs> but yeah, that, so that was fun, even though it came last. I think uh, the, these kind of train games, like you say, they are quite traditional, perhaps sometimes in the looks and, and, and how they play and things like that. Um, but yeah. there, there is a kind of newer subset which are coming out in the past few years. Um, they played one at the club on Tuesday, which are, are look prettier. They have nicer components. They have like little train pieces instead of cubes. Um, mm. they, pl- they play shorter. They maybe they'll start slightly streamlined as well. Yeah, yeah, they do all the stocks and shares ones. Yeah, uh, the game I um, most felt this one was like that I played before mm. was um, uh, Brass by Martin Wallace. Oh yeah, with everything being so okay. Uh, so tight and just really scrape, scraping around for anything you mm. need. It felt a bit like that, and I've heard, I've heard someone mention that uh, Tramways felt a bit like another Martin Wallace game, which I haven't played, called Age of Steam. So I think that might be uh, mm. uh, a style of game that he does. His inspiration. But yeah, that's the only um, sort of new one to me that I've played. I've uh, most of this month I've just been sort of playing uh, things that uh, sort of old favourites. You know, getting out like um, Castle of the Burgundy or something at home. That's that's the good thing about the club, isn't it? You can um, you can come yeah. and play like some of the new releases and stuff. Or there's usually plenty of people with kind of older games on there as well that you can play. Yeah, last week when I went to the club, it was um, I had uh, a couple of classic games with me. We played uh, two Rainer Knizia games from the nineties, hmm. uh, Samurai and Modern Art, and those are. I mean, just stone cold classics. But you know, there's people at the club who are younger than those well, games. And when I went to the club <laughs> um, before leaving, one of the get club, what, no, one of the classics though is um, Avalon that I know used people like oh, yeah, to play. Yeah. Mm. And as a result, I introduced it to the games club I go, um, I run at the school, and we had about um, seven, eight kids, and they just really got into it. So I think having a collection um, of older things, of the classics, is really important because it can introduce people to things that are new to them to then introduce to other people. Mm. So I, I don't think mm, it's yeah. ever a bad thing to play older, more classic games yeah, because yeah. they're good, you know, they're classics for a reason. Uh, Modern Art is a good one. I've played that one a few times before, and I think I think there's a new version out as well now with different um, artworks in it. Oh yeah, but there's been many different versions over the years. Been a few, hasn't there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But how, how was Samurai? What was that like? Well, that's really good. Um, have you played Samurai at all? I it's, don't think um, so. No. It's um, a sort of area control thing. I mean, 
there's three different types of little piece. There's um, little grains of rice. Uh, there's uh, right, sorry, not grains of rice. Heaves of grain, Buddha statues, and another thing, castles, I think. Um, but yes, th- these three different types of things. They're sort of scattered around Japan. So some spaces have got one of these things on, placed it randomly at the start of the game. Other ones have got two of them on, and there's like one in the middle, like Edo, which has got all three of them there. And the aim is to try and win as many of these things as possible, these little uh, uh, markers. And you're doing that by placing down your your, uh, uh, your pieces, your little hexagon pieces on the board, uh, and everything that it's next to it's sort of contributing toward winning the pieces in that that thing. So if you're putting down a uh, a two uh, Buddha one next to, well, you could put it sort of in between, so it's right, it could be next to two different towns which have Buddhas in. So when that town becomes completely surrounded by tiles, then for the Buddha statue in that town, you see who's got the most contributing to that. And then maybe for the agriculture one, it, you, you see who's got the most rice things next to it. Uh, so it might be that um, I'd win the Buddha and somebody else would win the rice for that town. And we keep on going all the way over this map until um, either four things have become have gone to the side because it was a dead t- dead t- draw and no one won that. If mm. if four of those happen, then the game ends. And so and it's quite interesting if someone thinks they're ahead, they could just sort of force that to happen sometimes. Mm. Uh, or if one of these is, uh, types of things has totally run out. So pretty much towards the end of the game, when most of Japan has been covered in these tiles, then we the game ends and we reveal what we've got. And it's not sort of having won the most things. It's a sort of little endgame thing where you have to have had the most in at least one of these types of things. So if you've got the most... Buddhas and somebody else has got the most grain, then you're in the running for winning the game. And then what you're doing is, of all the people who are in the running, you compare how many other things they've got. Hmm. So, yeah, um, it's slightly complicated than that, but basically what you're trying to do is get as many of these as possible. And it's agonizing because you've got so many options for where you're putting this thing. And, like, oh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> if you trying to do a little bit here and a little bit there and a little bit there, you're going to win none of them. You've got to sort of focus your efforts a bit, but then you could sort of mm. put loads of things down and someone else comes and does some annoying trick and moves things around and suddenly you were definitely going to win that Buddha. Oh, it's not there anymore because someone played that tile that shifted things around. So that's useless. Yeah, it's it, it's it plays fairly quickly. I think it's like an hour or something. Mm. We had a four-player game. I think it took... Uh, and some people were new to it, but I think it still took about an hour. So it's it's a it's a nice length of time for a game. It's got a good level of decisions, and it all sort of comes to a head at the end. It's just got a really nice arc to it. And that big reveal at the end is uh, <laughs> nice as well. Like, I was sure I was going to win on the on the rice, but then someone else drew on with it. Oh, no, I don't I didn't get anything. <laughs> so, yeah, I really, it's one of my favourites. I mean, it's a classic for a reason. So you always feel as if you have an element of control to what you're doing kind oh, of yeah, thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can... Um, you can concentrate on trying to win certain ones, and if you if you really try and win that, you're definitely going to win it. It's just whether you've given up on too much other stuff in, while you're doing that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's a there's a lot of judgment in it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. There's a bit of luck in uh, which tile you've got a hand of five of your. Everyone's got the same total set of tiles, but you only draw five of them at a time. 
So yeah, you really want that uh, free samurai, which is a wild card that can go next to anything, to come up right now. But you know, it's just not coming out. And all I've got is a stupid rice. And I don't really want any more rice. You know? um, yeah. So there's a little bit of luck in there, but it's a it's a very skillful game, and you could get good at it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Yeah, I recommend it. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it was 1998 that game came out, so you know, not, not really new hotness. But yeah, it's yes, a, I'd recommend it to anyone. Okay, uh, any other games you've been playing you want to talk about? Um, well, I played the first game I played when I went to the board game cafe was um, Unstable Unicorns, and so it's really it, you know it's um, a very quick playing game. I think it took us about. 15 minutes to sort of read through the rules, set up, play and complete. So it's a nice intro to a game evening in which what we used it for. Um, we'd never played it before, but it, it, it was a nice little bit of fun. So the principle is where you're trying to get seven unicorns in your hand, but you can play different things which will either affect whether you have to discard a unicorn or they blow up or fly off or... On your opponent to do nasty things, um, which Emily got rather good at because she did several <laughs> nasty things to my unicorns. But by the looks of, I know it's a popular game because it was really the most one of the tatted most tatty decks I've ever seen for a game. So it's clearly been loved, and you know the artwork is fairly simple, but engaging and nice. It's sort of I've seen some fairly simple artwork that just looks naff, but this was. Good, simple artwork um, uh, that conveys sort of the fun of it. I know that they've got so many different variants as well. Um, But I thought, actually, this is a fun little game to get yourself going. Um, It doesn't take too long to learn, um, and you can rattle through. We played it Mm. two-player, but you can play it with more people, and um, I can't see you'd lose much um, by playing with either lower or high numbers. It seemed to be decently balanced um, for whichever number of players you can get where I know some games will say two to four players but actually either work better with lower numbers or work better with higher numbers if that makes sense so this seems to be more sort of balanced it doesn't matter how you're doing and it's um, and yeah we had a really nice time playing that um, which I'd not played before. This is one that I've seen sold in quite a lot of shops. I think it's quite a popular game. Yeah. Where I've, I've seen it like in all sorts of different places, not just board game shops, but like other other shops as well. No, it's it, it is definitely a yeah. What one of those games that's got the right kind of name to have mass mm. appeal because yeah, yeah. the artwork is accessible. It is um, you know you've got the cracks of Quedlin by the of Stephen Hall. You've got that. Um, uh, alliteration of unstable unicorns using use that they, they have just nailed it in terms of everything to be a um, a really accessible game for people but also I can see it appealing to not just you know um, it's not a oh well it's, it's guys that are going to play or it's just going to be girls that play I think anyone will feel oh yeah I can play that um, you know 15-20 minutes have a bit of fun Brilliant. And um, is it suitable for kids? It's not PG or anything like that. It's just oh, um, unstable unicorn is suitable for kids. Yeah. I'm pretty certain that I will not be playing um, the NS, you know, the not safe for work version with my son. However, <laughs> but this one, happily play it with him. Um, I think 
sort of a My Little Pony fan might sort of take umbrage to that the unicorn's <laughs> blowing up. But other than that, um, yeah, I'd, more, I'd definitely say it's accessible for youngsters. Yeah, more kind of funny rather than, yeah, yeah like adult it, it is. It, I'd say it'd be sort of the amuse-bouche to a gaming evening yeah. kind of thing. Um, <laughs> you wouldn't want to... Um, you'd, you'd either finish off with that sort of your dessert wine or start off mm. um, before um, getting into uh, a full-on sort of gaming session and, and just have some fun. Yeah, and yeah. you can play it whilst you're waiting for people and go, well, we're not going to take too long. As I said, it, it was easy to learn. That's the thing that really struck for me, mm. that... There was not a lot of pa- of pages to read through that I could pick it up. We could read through it, and we knew what we were doing. Is it is it one of those where most of the rules are like on the cards? The cards just tell you what There's to do. Some of the rules on the cards, mm. um, you basically there is a set of actions. You know, an order of way in which you do things. Yeah. You follow that. You know what you're doing, and once you've got, you know, there was a couple of things that we did earlier, which went oh done it if i'd known that this was so useful then i'd have um performed that later on but by the sort of second or third turn emily and myself had both gone right we know what kind of things we're supposed to be doing and starting to build strategy Mm. and i think that if by the second or third turn you've played a game for the first time you're not just kind of going uh i don't know what i'm doing but you're planning several turns ahead i think that's the sign of a, a nice accessible game so that was the, another new to us game um the only th- other thing that i'd like to talk about more um is kind of i've got um I, st- I started running a tournament at the club the school's club um they've just all seem to have fallen in love with keyforge at the moment um mm. it's a shame because fantasy flight are rejigging their um uh, algorithm at the moment so oh, it's kind of so yes we've had had to internal within the club tournament because there's no organized play elsewhere mm. um, mutation deck which i've um, only been playing some of the more original decks and this is i think came out around um easter time i'm not quite exactly sure when it was released but um it's taken some of the um, cards that you used to have and amended them and so um, re- you kind of went oh I know this card I used to play it like this and they go oh it does something a little bit different because they've mutated it and um, yes uh, one of the kids bless them had the new card um, so it used to be bad penny and it's now rad penny <laughs> and and fell into a trap of it's quite nice that you play it and it steals an ember and then if it gets destroyed, it goes back into your, um, onto the top of the deck, I think into your hand or something, onto the top of your deck, I can't remember. But it recycles mm. really quickly. Mm. Unfortunately, they fell into the trap of, I'm going to keep on going for that house and playing this one. And actually, they didn't gain any traction. Mm. And so it can be... So I think there's those elements that by making these changes, they've certain cards have become more powerful or different situations in which you want to use them and fall into traps of old habits quite nicely so i like that that it's forcing you to learn different strategies and different things to do yeah 
Um, but it was. I really like Keyforge. Uh, yeah, I've played it a few times, and uh, I quite like it. I haven't played it for a while, but one of the best things I liked was um, we did a sealed deck tournament with the kids, and and at the end of you know when you, they'd finished the games of the sort of like the second round. They were talking to each other and going, oh, this is really nice. And then really engaged with the fact that it was their deck. Mm-hmm. They'd not seen before. They're having to learn it. And which which thing's good? And, they, and you just have that buzz. And that's one of the things that mm-hmm. I like about it is you can't to go out you know, with other um, CCGs where you go out and you go, well, I want this. And it's all about the best card that you can afford to mm-hmm. buy or eating your way through however many uh, booster packs of Yu-Gi-Oh! or Pokemon or uh, Magic Mm. to try and get these special things. It was, they were looking at each deck for its merit Mm. and going, oh, this is really good. Um, And it it was just fun because I was uh, running the tournament, seeing how certain decks, one person was, unfortunately, it would be a great deck for a long time time play, but in the 45-minute um, game for a tournament really struggled because mm. he was just forcing the opponent to purge so many cards so his opponent's deck was shrinking and if he'd had enough time he would have walked over his opponent mm-hmm. but didn't have that time because uh, um, yeah. there was the one clock. deck that's well exactly because it's against mm. the clock there was yeah. someone who'd got a very fast deck generates ember so quickly unfortunately they were going up against someone with a deck that's all about stealing it and mm. and that's what's really quite nice with this sealed deck format which keyforge can do so well is you can get a good deck and you just happen to get go up against this antithesis mm. and it's all of a sudden it's rubbish and you don't know that but you can try your best yeah I've seen before in tournaments as well where you do get a sealed deck. You um, you play your deck and then once you finish that game, you swap decks with your opponent and you play again. Well, that's a nice touch. I think that I'd like to be able to do mm. that if we had enough time. It's just time limited. But obviously, t- down to time, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I've actually got a deck with a bad bad penny in it somewhere, so maybe it'll be worth something one day. That <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Cool. Okay. Uh, so, shall we move on to question of the week then? I think so. So this. This week or this month is early December and it's coming up to that time where uh, you go and see your family, you have a meal, you have mince pies, you have your Christmas pudding afterwards and then everybody veggies out in front of the telly and watches EastEnders. <laughs> so if you don't want to do that, <laughs> if you want to uh, play a game, uh, we've got a couple of suggestions here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got a couple. Uh, I don't know if you guys have thought of some of them as well, but we, I think we have talked to, about some of these previously as well. Um, obviously last year we talked about a similar sort of thing. Uh, but one one that I thought would be pretty good this year would be is the So Clover game. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the, yes. I'm yeah, this is the word game where you get... A few weeks back. Yeah, back. talked about it a few months ago, yeah. I think. You get like a, a plastic clover and, and you get some word cards that go on this clover and it gives you words around the outside edge. Uh, and then what you have to do is you have to put, link these two words together on each edge to, to give a clue kind of card. And then you take the cards off the plastic device and then shuffle them up and basically the other players have to put them back in the same orientation using the clues and the words on the card to try and uh, uh, try and put, put them back the, to, to the way they were. So that's a good one. It's, uh, it's very similar to... Uh, like code names and decrypto and that kind of stuff, but uh, a bit more simple, uh, a bit easier uh, to understand and explain. 
Um, so that was a good one. Mm. Uh, and then the other one that I thought of that um, um, that I've got is uh, this is a, another Rainer Knizia game, uh, a, a Rainer Knizia uh, trivia game. <laughs> this is called Over Under. Uh, this is a game where you try and guess the answer to a question, and then the person who's asking the question has to decide if the real answer is above or below the answer that you're given. So I've got an example here. I've got the uh, the cards. So uh, Tom Cauldron. Yes. I'm going to ask you a question, and the answer is a number. Okay. Uh, all all the answers are numbers to these questions. So the the question is: How many U.S. vice presidents went on to become president? Ooh. So do I give an answer now, or do I wait to see? You you give an answer, and if you're playing as a team game, your team or whoever you're with will kind of answer. You know, you can decide against yourselves what. Um, what answer you want to give? But yeah, if you were, if you have a guess of what you think the answer is, mm. how many U.S. vice presidents were to went on to become presidents? Uh, I'm going to say a fair number, so maybe uh, twenty-eight. I'll go twenty-eight. Okay. Uh, so Tom Lovewell, yeah. yeah. Do you think the real answer is above or below or spot on to twenty-eight? I think it's a bit low. I can think of about some. I can think of about three off the top of my head. There's clearly been um, a few um, that have been mm-hmm. vice presidents that then go on to become presidents because the president was either A, assassinated, or B, impeached uh, and, and resigned. So, But I don't think, I don't know how many, but I don't think there's been that many who were a vice president other than Biden at the moment. So I, I'd go it's... It's under. I think twenty-eight. He's gone a bit too okay. high. I think I've got a bit well, too the, high the, as well. <laughs> <laughs> You're rethinking it now. Yeah. Uh, so the actual answer was fourteen. <laughs> so you were correct. It was under. So basically, Tom Lovell would get a point for that. You'd get the card, and then it would move on to the next player, and then you'd do the same thing again. That's it. It's it's uh, really straightforward. It's really easy. Um, you don't need anything apart from a few question cards. There's no tokens or anything like that. The cards themselves are the points. So at the end of the game, whoever's collected the most cards wins. Um, so it's something you can play on the couch, something that's really easy. It's quite simple. Um, uh, dead simple, yeah. Uh, so that's a game called Over Under. And people can sort of... Uh, it's one of those nice things where it's sort of you can play in teams, but it's not like really strict how many people you've got on a team. So people can sort of wander yeah. in and out, can't they? Yeah, yeah. The, the box actually says two or more players yes. on the front of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tiny little box. It's like a pocket-sized box. It's just a deck of cards. It's on sale for about six pounds at the moment. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's not something you'd play like at a games night or anything. But if you wanted to play a quick game with your family, that's probably a good one. So that's over under. I, I think I might go and find what find one of those because I think I know. Uh, but it, it's also something that you can have a nice argument with um, grandparents as well, if that makes sense. Because they're going to be, you know. Yes. I, yeah, I, I yeah. know a few of them that will go, oh, I'm sure it's this, I'm sure it's this. And then you'd get the result and go, oh, no. So I think it's it sparks conversation as well. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, are you, what are you guys uh, thinking? I'm, I'm going to go for the hate again. So, you know, uh, <laughs> courting controversy. And I'm going to go for Monopoly. Um, I know. No. I know, no. I know it has a bad <laughs> reputation. But here's the thing. It sells so many because people like it. And I'm pretty sure that my son will be quite happy to play it and grandparents will be quite happy to play it. And 
who gives a rat's ass when you're through your eighth glass of mulled wine, whether you're winning or losing, as long as the in-laws are quiet, the eight-year-old is quiet, doesn't matter. So I'm going to say Monopoly. And unfortunately, there is a reason why it has sold so many, because whether you agree or disagree, it's sold so many because they're, at its core, there must be something decent about its gameplay. You wouldn't have sold that much if it was rubbish. Okay. So, I mean, I everyone, everyone just knows it now, <laughs> don't they? Which means you don't even need to uh, have any... You don't have to listen to rules when you're uh, half, uh, half asleep after all that turkey. Yeah, ex- ex- yeah, exactly. That's the best time when you don't care. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I guess you can get a themed one as well, can't you? Whatever your favourite theme is. Whether it's Star Wars or X Men or Simpsons or whatever it might be, pooches, ice cream, yeah, <laughs> cheating. Any other games you can think of? Well, on a more serious note, um, there are so many more games that are aimed at kids that adults will be happy to play. So um, I'm almost certain we're going to be um, taking my son's game, Zombie Teens, out of its box because he enjoys it, but there's enough mm. challenge to play with parents but it, and, and grandparents. So I think the level... Whereas in days of your sort of 70s, 80s, 90s, you know, one of the games I remember having at a similar age was Dizzy Dizzy Dinosaur, where you were basically... It was a roll and move. And I can imagine, you know, we loved it as kids because... The dinosaur spun, knocked everything over, but as an adult, you'd just be going, <laughs> yawn fest. Whereas now, the games aimed, you know, the, the hobby games aimed at kids actually are accessible for, you know, for adults to play and get something from it. So I think we're at a point where the kids' games, because let's be honest, Zombie Teens is aimed at kids. Yes, it's a you can play as a family, but there's enough gameplay in there. There's enough thinking that adults can enjoy playing it as well. That's the cooperative one, isn't it? Is it cooperative? That it's game? one of the cooperative ones, yeah, yes. Yeah. I have talked about it in the past. Mm. But it is good enough that I'd be happy to play it um, before falling asleep um, and being dragged through Monopoly. So is, is that is, that's a legacy one as well, isn't it? It, it? it changes depending on the game. So what would you do? Just play... The one game of it, or like the introduction game, or like once you've played through it, you play the last game? How does that work? Well, well this is the difficulty. We've now completed it, so we've mm. got all the options. Um, and so you can play it as the final thing because it's a legacy. Or you can say, well, actually, we're not, we are going to include these cards. We're not going to include those ones. So, right. so you can just pick and choose. There, there is an element of you can choose whether you play with everything or mm. cut certain things out. Yes, it's and it's nice like oh, okay. that once yeah. you've got to the yeah. end. Um, but similarly, if anyone has any sort of six, seven, eight-year-olds, it is a great game to give to them on mm. Christmas Day and go, right, we are going to enjoy this because it it is a it really introduces how to play the game and it mm. starts off simple and it gets more complex, but it's got that great kind of, because it's legacy, the training wheels of the early stages 
of learning how to play and then the new stuff it adds adds a bit more complexity and a bit more variation and it doesn't feel like you're having you're being bombarded with so many rules at the start so um that that's why i would say it not just for what we will be playing mm. but for other people in a similar play similar situation uh well one other that i thought of um this is this is a two-player game rather than a kind of party game or something you know for loads of people uh, and I was thinking this would be good for like something you wanted to play with your brother or your sister or maybe your dad or something like that. You know, if everybody else has vegged out and you just got two players who want to play a game. Uh, this is a game called Air, Land and Sea. Oh, I've uh, this heard is, about that. Yeah, this is a kind of a war game. It's like a World War-themed game, but it's more abstract than that, really. Uh, basically, you get a deck of cards and they've got like numbers in the corner. Uh, and what you're trying to do is you're trying to gain control of these three theatres so yeah air land and sea uh so you can play cards face up to one of these theatres uh depending on what card it is so like you might have a battleship for example and that'll Mm -hmm. go into your sea card and that'll give you a strength of four and then you'll be winning that one so your opponent might play uh airplanes and they could go to any area but they're only a strength two it's a quick easy game it's one of those kind of tug of war games where you're kind of winning um you, you know you're winning based on the number Right. Um, but the the interesting thing about it is that you can fold halfway through the game uh, halfway Ooh. through the round rather so you can fold, you can say I'm not going to win this I might as well just stop now and your opponent gets less points that way so tactically retreat so, to speak. so you, 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 you gain in that you, your opponent doesn't get as many points out of it so get thinking of the right time to quit or do you stick in for the long haul and try and win those theatres it's not a complicated game it's something it plays in like 20 minutes 15 20 minutes it's just three rounds it's uh, quick it's good fun um, yeah that's a good one uh, land and sea but it does only play two players that's the other thing so for those that don't like eastenders um if there's two of you that are abstaining you kind of know you could go watch uh, the Queen Vic game but you can down. Look away it's a small card game there's like 20 cards in the deck yeah 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 again <laughs> So, would yeah. fit in a stocking, would you say? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's only a small box, yeah. yeah. So, so, basically, we're saying, Santa, go out and either get over, under, <laughs> or air, land, and sea, and stick it in people's stocking, because you'll have a great Saturday, uh, great Christmas day. Yes, yeah. The, the other thing as well is, air, land, and sea is themed on, like, a World War Two theme, but I think there is just, like, a, a new release come out, which is, like, a fantasy version. So, it's exactly the same game, but it's based on, like fantasy creatures and things instead so I, th- I think it's called a similar sort of thing but yeah same game different artwork orc elf and dwarf something like that yeah yeah so you, you can take your theme uh, you pick a theme there uh, any other games you can think of that would be good well I'm just going to be uh, playing some classic ones I think uh, I'm going to as I mean there's, uh, there's the uh, trivia ones that you've already covered uh, they're always good for people just sort of sitting down mm. and joining in. But the other side of things is uh, drawing games are always uh, suitable for oh, all yeah, ages. Yeah. There's um, Telestrations, which is obviously good fun. <laughs> Not really a game, more of an activity, but they're just sort of drawing a game of telephone where you draw something and then hand it on to the next person and they write something to describe that and then hand it on to the next someone and they draw something according <laughs> to that description. And it carries on like that. Um, with hilarious consequences, mm-hmm. obviously. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna. What I'm gonna take round to the family this year, I think, is um, a game called Pictomania by Vlada Kvatil. Mm. Kvatil, Kvatil. <laughs> yeah, Vlada 
off of Czech Games Edition, who's done lots of classic mm. games, Galaxy Trucker and things. But this is his um, drawing party game, where everyone's simultaneously drawing something and trying to guess what other people are drawing. So you're sort of splitting up your attention between doing your own thing and looking over at what other people are yeah. doing. Um, so you've got a limited number of things that people could be drawing, so you, you're not sort of totally going at random. But yeah, it's a, it's a nice thing that sort of takes out the uh, the thing where, you know, in some games, if someone's just really good at it, they, they mm. just win. I mean, if you've got a great artist, that doesn't necessarily help them identify what the eight-year-old niece is drawing <laughs> over there you know um so that's going to be fun uh and the other things we're going to get people playing obviously just one which you know that's, yeah oh uh, yeah i mean yeah, solidified yeah. as a classic yeah. party family game now yeah. i think it's only been out like two years but yeah it's, it's definitely going to be in there yeah i mean just one's just good yeah, for everyone yeah. really everyone likes that. that that's another one that you don't really need a table you just need like a, a sofa or you know somewhere yeah, or a Zoom call. Yeah, but I think the last thing I'm gonna uh, try with my family this year, it's this definitely not one of the recommendations for Christmas games. I'm gonna try and get a family chess tournament going. Okay. Ooh. So I'm gonna take over my uh, little chess clock mm-hmm. and have some some uh, five minute games with. Uh, I haven't played a game of chess against my dad for a few years, so uh, let's see if he's uh, if he can still. Uh, beat me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and get people doing that. I've got to have a leaderboard. I'm gonna have a, a points uh, system. I'm gonna have uh, people going up and down on the ELO rank. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, that's good. I yeah. Thought, but, yeah. I was being probably suggesting Monopoly, but you've clearly taken. <laughs> you, know, you are getting coal in your stocking, surely, Tom. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, have, a, have a handicap system. Like, if you if you've had three cherries and you get an extra minute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know whether that'll uh, uh, that'll take off this year, but uh, that's my plan. It will finish off the sherry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Mm. It might start a tradition as well. It might become like a. An annual thing that uh, Tom's chess competition this year. Maybe. We'll get a bit yeah, of practice in ready for next year. Engraved every year. Yeah, little trophy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. Right. Well, yeah. I think we're up to an hour there, so we'll uh, we'll leave it there for this episode. Thank you very much for joining me, Tom Cauldron. Oh, it's a pleasure. And Tom Lovell, thanks for coming on. It's been good talking to you both. Thanks, thanks very much. Um, if you want to come to the club, um, we are open. Uh, for anybody to come and join us you don't have to arrange or speak to anyone you can just turn up and play some games with us we will be closed over the Christmas holidays but uh, check the forum, check Facebook Uh, it tells you on there when we're open and when we're uh, we're actually playing, we've got events and everything lined up on there So, if you want to play some board games, you're in the Sheffield area come and say hello and until next time, until the next podcast thanks for joining us, goodbye for now Bye. bye bye bye